morning, church. How are you this morning? It's fantastic to see you here in the house of God this morning. So you all would have sat on a little card this morning. If you feel underneath your bottom this morning, you'll find a little card. If you didn't see it already, it's our prayer request cards. And there's a number on there. It's our new prayer hotline number. So um, if you want to join the prayer team, you can do so simply by texting your number to that number and uh, you'll be registered as a prayer team person. So um, you'll receive regular prayer requests to pray. So you think, well, should I, should I be involved in this or not? You know, some people just have a real passion to pray for other people and a real heart to do it. So perhaps that's you and you've never been involved in the prayer life of, of One Heart Church. I encourage you to do it. Um, so again, if you are putting up a prayer request, um, that isn't an automatic response from the pastoral team so that we come and visit you. If you want pastoral uh, follow-up or, or a visit or pastoral care, then you need to ring one of the pastors, ring myself, Pastor Pauline, Pastor Kylie, uh, Pastor Michael, any of, any of us, and say, look, this is what's happening. I'd like someone to come and see me or some follow-up. We can do that. So it's, some people have misinterpreted thinking, but I put out a prayer request and no one came to visit me. We will start praying immediately, but if you want to visit, then you need to just um, say so, come and ask us. So <clears throat> another thing about prayer that can get misrepresented in church. It's not a source of gossip material. So if you've got an issue with gossip, don't join the prayer team. So it's not your opportunity to say, hey, I'm finding out all this information, who's sick, who's not well, who, who needs a breakthrough in whatever. It's not for that reason. So we, we, need, to, we need to guard confidentiality in the prayer team. And uh, the, the, the whole point of it is when you see a prayer request that you um, give it some time and pray straight away for that issue so uh, prayer requests can be sent through by text to the prayer number on the card so take these home with you keep put in your purse in your wallet um, in your phone cover all those sorts of things uh, maybe just put the number in your phone and if you have a prayer request you can text it through to our hotline number and um, it'll get through and, and people will start praying for your needs so I think that's an important factor of church to uh, be a church that is praying and believing in prayer. So we're just going to pray for a second this morning before I preach the word. So if you'll bow your heads with me and we'll uh, just ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray today <clears throat> that you awaken your word today in our hearts. That you put the fire into the word of God this morning. That we may understand, that we may perceive, that we may receive something that will change us from the inside out today and we ask that in the mighty powerful name of Jesus amen amen well thanks musicians and singers done a great job let's give Charlotte a special hand so last week I was in Alliston and we had a great service up there in Alliston last week the the, the month before I I got caught out somehow in Alliston and I was on the multimedia and uh, you know the Kimberly was worship leading and she could tell that I wasn't keeping up with the songs because everyone stopped singing and I'm like 
I don't even know the words. I don't know where we are here. And I thought, I thought this will be easy. This is a cinch. So we need to honour our, our multimedia people and say thank you for doing such a great job. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just clicking through, clicking, clicking, clicking. To, and, then, and then probably about once every, every fourth minute I had the right one to, to the song. So it's a, it's a skill that um, is really um, important and valuable in our church. This morning, I want to continue our series on the supernatural, and I'm going to be um, bringing, perhaps part one, I don't know yet, but uh, we're going to be looking at supernatural faith, and uh, just a few uh, key points I want to bring to you this morning. A, a good place to start when you're talking about any message about faith is Hebrews 11. We're not going to look all at that, um, but I'm going to start from that as a great point to start when we're considering this issue of faith. So Hebrews 11.2, it says, Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Uh, then it says in verse 33, By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. Who's excited about this faith stuff when you read verses like that? You're thinking, oh, wow, I'm into this faith. If it's like that, you're going gonna to rule with, with justice. We're going to overthrow kingdoms. We're going we're gonna to be in the... Uh, the, 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 the glory of God, uh, living in this, this faith thing. <clears throat> but just want us to take a sec to look at verses 35 and 39 of Hebrews 11. It, it says, uh, uh, people of faith being tortured, uh, sawn in two, uh, whipped, oppressed, stoned to death. That means they, they throw rocks at you until you die. It's not smoking marijuana until you're dead. It's throwing rocks at you. And it says, um, they became wanderers in deserts, they, they hid in caves and holes in the ground. I mean, who wants to sign up to that kind of faith? It's like, you know, my, my home is a hole in the ground. That's how desperate they became because of their faith in Jesus Christ opened up a world of persecution. That's a whole different level of faith right there. So my point, you need to write this down, to put this on in your in your phone, in your Samsung, in your iPhone, whatever you're using today. But if you're going through stuff, doesn't mean that you haven't got faith. And sometimes we're thinking and telling ourselves, I'm just defective. I, I'm, I, I, there's something wrong with me as a Christian because it seems to be I've always got challenges, always got things to push past, push through, try and break through. And, uh, and, and if we're not careful, we can think that it's because of something defective. It's not something defective. It's because when you have faith, it will be challenged by the enemy. And he'll use every, every trick, every uh, way to try and, and push you down and, and put you down and keep you down. Uh, if we just move to the book of Romans, and I think the book of Romans is a great source of teaching on faith. Faith in Jesus. Uh, it's a foundation of our spiritual life. Um, so today I'm going to be speaking in broad terms, uh, not intricate details, not, not, not deep uh, uh, theology about stuff. This is just broad strokes. So when we talk about this thing called faith, we don't talk about faith in faith as a, as a thing of itself. I'm talking about faith in Jesus to deliver us from sin and give us a right purpose for living 
a right purpose for life. So when we use that word faith, we're not looking at an ambiguous sort of cloud in the sky somewhere that if I could just have some, it's going to do something in my life. I'm talking about putting our trust in Jesus Christ to deal with the issue of sin. And if we can understand that when that part of our life gets dealt with, then we start a journey, we step into something supernatural that can't happen any other way. So everything about the Christian life is supernatural. Everything we know about Jesus that sets him apart is supernatural. We need the supernatural power of Jesus when there are things we don't know, things that we can't do and things we can't move on our own. Jesus gave us authority to live supernaturally by faith in his name. And I want to be a church. I want to be part of something that knows the power that is in the name of Jesus, that knows the authority in the name of Jesus, that knows that we live in a natural world, but we have a supernatural power. I want to be in that. So the key to operating in the supernatural spiritual power of God is this thing called faith. See, faith is what you believe to be true. Faith is what you believe to be true. I'm just feeling and sensing that that God is going to give me words for people today, but I don't want to sort of call you out. I I know who God wants to speak to, but uh, I'm just priming you for the for the time later when we have a ministry time, um, Michael's got the oil bottle. We want to anoint people with oil because it is Pentecost Sunday, which is the day that the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church and uh, tongues of fire came on everybody and they spoke in different tongues. But we want to lay hands on people and believe with you for miracles, for change, for breakthroughs. And um, so when we have a time of prayer, uh, please respond to, you know, to, to the Holy Spirit if he's speaking to you. And, um, and I just have a a sense there are a few people maybe you've never responded to this type of ministry before but today do that and um, God will have words for you personally which I think will be really really important so faith is what you believe to be true when you believe Jesus has a way for you it's like stepping over into a new way of living when you can believe that it's stepping over into something new it's stepping into something new and it's always, uh, uh, there's always a new thing that God wants to do in our lives. There are breakdowns in faith. <clears throat> breakdowns of faith occur. And I think one of the, the, the big ones is expecting God to download a truckload of blessing all at once for everything. So we're thinking, God, I, I want to have faith. Um, I'm be- I, I, I believe you. But unless I get the whole load right now, I want to be prospering. I want to be happy. I want to have the best relationship. I want to have the great job. I, wa- I want to have, have a new car. I want to have all this stuff. And we, we're saying, God, I want to, if I'm going to have faith, I want the whole truckload all right now on my doorstep. All the blessings all at once for everything. But I'll tell you how, how things really happen in God. He delivers blessings in proportion to your faith. Not in proportion to your imagination or your demands. In proportion to your faith. If we look at Matthew 6 uh, verse 30, Matthew 8 verse 26, Matthew 14 verse 31, Matthew 16 verse 8, each of these times, there's four times there, 
that Jesus speaks to the disciples and he, and he uses the term, you have so little faith. There's not an accident that Jesus said that because the disciples are saying, what about this? What about that? Jesus, you know, and, and Jesus is saying, but you've got so little faith. Uh, time and time again, the issue that Jesus is bringing home to his disciples is faith is a key to the breakthrough. Faith, faith, not Kate, faith is the key to the change. Kate, uh, Kate, I'm getting that really. Faith is the key, is what I'm trying to say. I'm creating a new word. Kate is mean key to faith. <clears throat> not true. The supernatural gift of faith is needed in the church. And I, I hope today that there'll be a supernatural something started in your spirit, in your heart. Because it's needed in the church. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 is a key uh, verse for today. Is the main uh, 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 I'm trying to think of a, a really good word. But the, the main balance point of today's message. First, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, The same spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. The one spirit gives the gift of healing. So we just read just here that the Holy Spirit gives some people a gift of great faith. So supernatural, extraordinary faith that trusts God in extreme situations. This is the, the person who sees God's way through a, a, a visionary perspective. is a gift of faith. Things that others haven't thought of and can't see is a gift of faith. Every church needs those with supernatural faith that see what others can't see. They're the visionaries. They're the ones who start things. They're the ones who, who, who push through the barriers, push through the, the, the things that say why things can't be done. They're the visionaries who have a, a, a gift of great faith. <clears throat> they, the, it comes That great faith comes from a thing called a faith rema. Rema is a Greek word. You can check it with... with uh, with con, it's probably pronounced totally different to that. But a rema is a, sp a specific word from God that applies to us. It's a specific word of God that applies to our heart, to our spirit. Rema moments can change, uh, can change everything. Can, uh, when we suddenly understand a spiritual concept and make it our own, when we, when we discover something in the Word of God, when we hear something for the first time, or maybe it just we've heard it plenty of times, it suddenly becomes real. That's a Rima moment where it becomes, suddenly it becomes uh, an awakened thing in our spirit and we go, I have faith now for that situation. It's a Rima is a supernatural faith that enables people to, to get saved to give their life to Christ and be born again spiritually it comes by a moment of revelation, a rhema revelation from God. Rhema people live with faith. Um, they, they live with faith birth, burst moments that bring spiritual truth to bear over life circumstances. So whatever the circumstance is, you, you can have a rhema moment, a, a, a faith burst, where you, you suddenly see something in the Word that you've never seen before that becomes alive and becomes reality that you can say, I can stand on that. Is that making sense to you this morning? So I'll give you a practical application that brings this 
into our church world. We need people who have rhema moments so that they can navigate through challenges in their daily life. We need people who can have those rhema moments who are the visionary people who can say, you know what, I think if we just did this and this in the church, if we could start this thing or have that thing, that I think that this could really be a growth area. Uh, I can tell you we've got some rhema people in our church that are treasures that we need to honor and we need to bless and we need to value them because without them the church stays in a place of lack, a place of, of uh, um, com- uh, comfort and familiarity, rhema people are people who say, I can hear what God is saying, I know what God, God sees, and I think we can launch into something better, something deeper. So our, our vision statement, if I can just digress on that today, <clears throat> our vision statement as a church is a faith statement speaking what we are becoming. It's not what we already are, it's what we want to be, it's what we're becoming. So our vision is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. Now, I think our community can stretch all the way everywhere around the Air Peninsula, maybe everywhere all over the state, maybe everywhere all over the nation, but right now we're here in Port Lincoln and we're, we're in Alliston as well, and that's the communities that God has called us to love. We are the community that God is calling by by revelation to mature ourselves in the things of God, to develop our faith and to be people who are bringing a relevant type of church to the community that people can come into this place and understand and hear the word of God and let that change their life. So where our faith comes into this is, is by believing, by serving, by giving, by supporting and trust God that what he has spoken will be. So I want to declare over you this morning that you are part of a large relevant church of mature believers who love our community. That's only one sentence, but it is loaded with faith. It is loaded with vision. And and when we start to grasp a hold of that, when that becomes a rhema, it's not the word of God, but it is a revealed word of God to our church. We can start to to link ourselves together to do something great and to see God do something amazing right here where we are. So vision has a dream robber. There are dream robbers that squeeze faith out by focusing on every reason why not. You ever come across that? Some, you know, I think some of you here today, you need to be reminded of rhema moments in your life and perhaps you thought, well, I could see this happening. I could be a leader. I, I could serve in this area. Or, or I think I see something that no one else has ever done before when it comes to ministry things and you've, you've spoken it out. No, no sooner has it come out off your lips that there's been a dream robber that's come to, to, to take that away from your spirit, take that and try and uh, persuade that off your life. <clears throat> Numbers 13, almost the whole book, Numbers 13 verses 1 to 33, it's an example of how the plan of God that God had for the people of Israel was delayed, but it's not derailed because of those without faith. So I want to just park here for a little bit. It's a story of the 12 scouts of Israel. They were sent to explore the promised land. It says that, that you know, Moses got these 12 scouts and he said, go into the, into the land that God's told us to take. Who told them to take the land? Interactive. God said, go and take the land. 
So Moses says, well, this is what God's telling him. He says, go and spy out the land. Have, you know, go and see the best ways in, see what it's like, all that kind of stuff. Explore the promises of God. Now, 10 of them came back with a negative report. Two of them had faith. The two that had faith said, let's do this. And 10 said, no, we can't. We can't do this. There's giants there. That land will eat anybody. It's amazing that the, the, the language they use. That land will eat anybody who goes there. The dang, there's giants in the land. We saw them. We felt like grasshoppers. That's what they're seeing. That's what they're focusing on. Caleb and Joshua, it says they had a different spirit. And they said, let's surely go up. Because God is with us. You see, faith doesn't require democratic consensus. You need to know that today when God speaks a rhema into your situation, into your life, into your family, into whatever it is, when God speaks that, you don't have to go looking for, for democratic consensus because the majority were wrong and they influenced the whole community. And I want to tell you something, when God starts speaking in faith into a church, don't go looking for the majority opinion. Don't go saying, oh, what's everyone else think? Oh, they think that's a bad idea. Oh, no, we can't have that. Oh, no, 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 I think that's going to lead us to destruction. What we have to be obedient to is the plan that God already spoke. And I want to speak today of faith over our church. A large relevant church of mature believers who love our community. That's a faith statement. That's the word God already spoke to us. That's not for debate. That's not for public consensus. That is for, for uh, uh, grabbing hold of and saying, God, how do we make that happen? And so we're always looking as a leadership. Is that a large relevant church? Is that what a large relevant church would do? Is that how they would do it? So we're always thinking of things and saying, well, you know what? That's what a small church would do. That's what small thinkers would do. That's the, that's the way that that, that um, mindset would, would work. But we need to have a spiritual set, a faith set that says we are becoming what we, have, what we haven't got yet, what we can't even see. So we've got to deal with the dream robbers. Just park on that one, one more time. Faith doesn't require democratic consensus because the majority were wrong. So vision robbers and interrupters of faith. We need to know how to deal with these things so that we can be victorious, so that we can, we can fulfill the faith dreams that God gives us. So in life there are things that get in the way of our faith and what Jesus has spoken over us. You'll experience dream robbers in your life or vision robbers, and we'll, we'll be challenged by them in the church. I'll give you a couple of examples of how, how the dream robbers come, how the vision robbers try and take away what God has spoken. So the, you may not put these together immediately, but I want you to try and see past the, the, the issue and see how, how the, the dream robbers work. A grudge, when you have a grudge... And faith cannot coexist. Living in faith, you live in forgiveness. You learn to let go of things. See, faith trusts Jesus for better things. A grudge holds us captive to hurt and resists faith. Faith lets go of hurt and grabs hold of hope. So when, when, you, when you're holding on to a grudge, there's no faith in that. 
Because you're saying, I got hurt, I got offended, I, I got upset, and I'm not going to let go of that. When you're living with faith as your motivation, you can say, you know what, that, that might have hurt, that might have got me, that got under my skin, but I have hope in Jesus that I'm going to walk past that, I'm going to forgive, I'm going I'm to get on with it. So, so a grudge and faith can't coexist. Another one is negativity and faith cannot coexist. <clears throat> negative talking leads to negative reality. And so we, we have to be cautious, we have to be wise, we have to be sensible as to what voices speak into our life, what voices we listen to, what voices influence us. So when we're, when we're in line with vision, God has spoken, it won't get derailed, it may be delayed, by those without faith, but it can't get derailed when God has spoken something. When we go back to Numbers 13, in faith, see things happen in days, not barrenness for years. You see, God had a plan for the people of Israel that should have only taken days, but they listened to the consensus of negativity and they spent years, 40 years in fact, outside of the promise outside of the purpose until they all died and the new generation took up. There was a delay but not a derailment. So we need to understand this. Faith contends with practical issues. Everything from not enough money to not having the right people, not having the right time, all these things. A gift of faith that speaks hope is like, like speaking hope at a funeral. That all is not over. Because supernatural faith believes in the resurrection of the dead for those born again in Jesus' name. So when we go to a funeral, we don't, we, 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 we're not saying, oh, there's no hope, it's all over, the person died. Because when they're, when they're died as a believer in Christ, there is hope for the resurrection. So in this type of faith, it compels us back to God. And we've got to have a faith that compels us back to God one more time. And we go back to God and ask and keep on asking. It's supernatural faith, faith that trusts God's word as the authority to live by in every situation and circumstance. So our faith in Jesus is supernaturally charged. It's given so we can live supernaturally in this life now. It's not just so that we can make it, it's so that we can make it well. Romans 10 verse 17. It says... So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Can I have the musicians come back and join me, please? <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, 17. Growing in faith requires you put yourself where you are hearing the word of God. I mentioned about hearing negativity and how, and how that affects us because if we're if we're hearing negativity, if we're speaking ne negativity, that will create your reality. So we have to separate from vision doubters and dream robbers and connect with faith-fueled people. That's why church is so important. That's why when you come to church, you, it is really important the way you speak, the way you conduct yourself, the way you, you encourage, <coughs> pardon me, how you encourage others. 
Pardon me. You've got to have faith-fueled people around your life. Proverbs 27, 17, one of my favorite scriptures. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. What you can take away from this morning isn't an ambiguous thing of what faith is. Identify those who encourage your faith. You need to identify people and think, who can I go to when my faith is weak? Who can I go to when my faith is small? Who can I go to that can encourage faith in me? When maybe you can't see or believe something, you need to identify someone who encourages your faith. And hopefully that person is found in church. Also, identify someone you deliberately want to encourage in their faith. There's people all around us every day where we can say, well, you know, I need it sometimes. I need people who help me and strengthen my faith. And, and just as I need it, there's others who I can help strengthen their faith. Make time to give others to build them up and encourage supernatural faith living. We're going to have a ministry time right now. Perhaps if you could stand to your feet. <clears throat> as a church, we would love you to take part of our vision and, and join us on the faith journey into the future. Because I know it's a, it is a good journey. It is a God-breathed journey that God is taking us into. It's a blessed journey. Because God has spoken it over us. What we, what we do need to confront is that we commit ourselves not to derail or delay the vision that God has spoken over us. Some here, you've, you have supernatural faith and you see things. You see things to create. You see ministry opportunities. You see purpose and reason behind things that no one else can see. I want to encourage that in you today. There's others that you've had those things robbed out of you by, by the dream, the, the dream destroyers, the vision destroyers. I encourage you today on Pentecost Sunday, open your heart to new levels of faith. Open your heart to new levels of faith. Saying, Jesus, I want to believe better. I want to know better. I'm going to ask a team, they're going to help us to pray this morning. I've asked a few people to, uh, that are going to help me, help me. But we're going to anoint you with oil. And we expect close encounters with God. Close encounters of the Holy Spirit this morning for faith to fill your life. Specifically, I think there's people here and you need breakthrough in your family. Maybe your family's away from God. Holy Spirit wants to say to certain people today, parents and grandparents, everything is going to come good again. <clears throat> We're going to confront the, the vision and dream robber who's squeezing out your faith in your family and say, no, I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to believe what Jesus says. We've got to confront the, the practical things that say it can't be done and take hold of, of faith in what God has spoken over our church, what God has spoken over our families, what God has spoken over our lives. The Bible is full of faith statements over us. 
And we need to apply those faith statements into every part of our life and not, not be looking at you know, what the bank tells us, not be looking at what the health tells us, not be looking at the limitations of every other thing, but start saying, Jesus, I want to be fueled by a, a, a demonstration of faith that starts seeing what no one else can see. So while, while the, the musicians lead us this morning, we'd love to pray with you, believe in faith for whatever it is that is challenging you today and laying hands on you, anointing you with oil, as the Bible tells us to do. And I know that step of faith will see us stepping over into new and exciting times in the things of God. So if you want to respond to that this morning, I encourage you to come. We'd love to pray with you. Why don't we do that as a worship team? Lead us this morning.